What the fuck is up, world? It has been 10 days now since our last podcast together. And now at this point in this fucking podcast game of mine, I am just going to stop qualifying it by saying I apologize because you know what? I don't apologize. If anything, I am actually starting to settle in quite comfortably to this whole 10 day period in between podcasts because it's allowing me to actually sit down and not only stew on the ideas that were processed in the previous podcast, but also reflect on better ideas instead of just giving you the first thing that comes into mind. Because realistically, if I did so, then what would separate me from all these other plebs on the internet who are pretending to be fucking fake woke when in reality there is no depth and nuance to what it is that they're saying in the first place? And also because I'm really busy, right? That's just my self-righteous and pretentious way of saying, what the fuck is up, man? It's nice to hear you, see you. I don't see you, but I'm hopefully you're hearing this. Um, I'm so excited to get back to this podcast. After the last one, just left me floored. My guest, Elvira, Elvira Carizal Dukes with Dukes Comics. Shout out to Dukes Comics. Go pop that shit, right? Um, she's an amazing person, right? Not just with her accomplishments, but also with her depth of knowledge. It's, it's just I, you know, she's speechless and, you know, equally speechless with my previous guest as well, Manuela Gomez, so much so that it's almost making me feel as though these individual podcasts, again, are, I'm just, I'm selling you all short in a way, right? But I'm still working on getting more podcast guests in here, uh, most of which being a philosophy professors, fellow, oh, no, I'm sorry, um, fellow professors, not just in the philosophy discipline, as Elvira obviously wasn't, she mentioned herself, she was not a philosophy major, so that we can keep that dynamic of having two or possibly even more in the future quote-unquote academics in here discussing these fucking hard-hitting issues that i know damn well you truly care about now you might have been brainwashed to believe otherwise but deep down inside in your loneliest of lonelies i know fucking damn well that everything that we've been talking about in this podcast is something that you've been thinking about in your own personal life there's this bullshit ass idea, for instance, that we've been brainwashed with that's telling us, for instance, that we cannot discuss two things in polite society, religion and politics. And if this was my philosophy class proper, I would say, bullshit, all we're going to discuss all semester long is religion and politics, because if any place that you can possibly have the space to discuss such controversial topics, it should be a philosophy class. Right now is the most, it's such a fucking fun time to be a philosopher. You have no idea. Everything is taboo. Everything is, ooh, touchy. People's feelings getting hurt left and right. And a lot of people out here don't want to hear the fucking truth that we as philosophers are ideally searching for. This is nothing new. It's a fucking tried and true trope in the history of philosophy in general. But the fact that we are currently living in this moment now and can relate to it, I'm sure I do not need to qualify it any further by simply stating that there is a lot of sensitive people in this world, right? And it's the sensitive people in this world that I'm going to be discussing that a little bit here shortly. But before I get there, I have to qualify it first by saying, if you haven't done so yet, yo, what the fuck are you waiting for, bro? Follow my, follow my Instagram account, all right? Where I can drop more knowledge on you in a different, more multimodal form to use the academic language, right? other than just this podcast material and again it is un ice i'll rather it's ice nice underscore el profit follow me let's be friends let's be social let's fucking share in this knowledge building process together right uh also the insta the youtube channel where you can find not only this podcast but also other little clips that are posted up on the social media site that i think is just ice nice or something like that i'm not really sure but you can find it it's not that hard to find 
right? Hood philosophy, you just got to Google it. Google be your best friend, dog. Sometimes the best advice that I give to my students when they say, man, I had trouble with this homework assignment. All I got to say is you should have either emailed me or Google be your best friend because it really is that serious, okay? Now, with that in mind, taking it back, just a little bit back, prior to the previous podcast when it was just a solo cast, me here by myself and I was talking a bunch of fucking sad boy shit, right? The sad boy shit is my life though, bro. So first of all, let's get that much clear in the sense that this whole project that I'm engaging in is this hood philosophy, right? These first couple of podcasts, even more specific, let's be very, very, very specific here. These first couple of podcasts are what we in the academic sphere refer to as quote unquote foundational texts, okay? I am laying the, the foundation for my own philosophy, much of which obviously has been influenced by other philosophers from all sorts of different disciplines, right? I don't discriminate. However, with that said, I've also qualified this by saying that this is a philosophy podcast. So for those of you all who have been wondering to yourself, like, yo, when is this fuckhead going to actually start discussing some real serious philosophy? Soon, bro. If you don't think my shit is real serious philosophy, by the way, how dare you? Right? I'm deeply offended right now. If I could see you right now, I'd say, sir, madam, I am deeply offended with you at the moment for not thinking the shit that I've given you in the first eight podcasts is philosophy. But we'll put that aside for now. Right? More specifically, what I mean by that is talking shit about things that have been established, that have been legitimized by academic sphere, most of which the majority of you all most likely associate with philosophy, like Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, Nietzsche, etc., and so on and so forth. Now, I'm going to get into all of that. But the importance of foundational texts first is to demonstrate how my approach is going to be different from all the other approaches that you can possibly pick up either online, through a textbook, or in a classroom itself, okay? And the reason is because my philosophy, my hood philosophy, again, just a quick reiteration, is a direct negation to this Western analytic tradition of philosophy that wants to tell us that prior to fucking Plato and Socrates and the pre-Socratics in general, that somehow this elusive truth that we were searching for, it was incapable of being uh, uh, perceived because every single fucking person and culture and society that existed before the ancient Greeks was incapable of doing so on their own. Come on, dog. Get the fuck out of here, right? Hood philosophy is a direct rejection of this bullshit-ass idea that if it's not a truth that comes to us from the fucking Platonic, from the Socratics, etc., the ancient Greeks, right, then it's not the truth at all fuck off this is i mean i'm gonna talk about it if not in this particular podcast definitely in one that i'm working on at the current moment dedicated exactly to him and that him is jordan peterson because this jordan peterson's of the world he's just indicative of a larger problem right who maintain this view that if it doesn't come from a certain tradition and philosophy then it's not fucking philosophy to which i say bullshit because that's just another way of fucking controlling people's minds yo and the beautiful thing about controlling people's minds at least if i haven't discussed it before uh, it bears repeating again. If you can control the way people think, you can control the way people see reality, right? So when you get these fuckheads like Jordan Peterson who come along and say, reality can only be one way, and that is the way that we have collectively established through the ancient Greek tradition. I say fucking piss on all of that, right? Because the ancient Greek tradition is a highly problematic tradition. You know, the people who fucking advocated for it used to like to fucking molest little kids, for instance, and they used to think that women were inferior to men get the fuck out of here, right? Furthermore, it doesn't take into account different traditions like the Nahuatl tradition of which I am such a deep fan of, but you yourself may be a fan of your own different uh, philosophical traditions that weren't taken into account 
many of which have so much more to offer and help us complete our understanding of reality in a way that if we limit ourselves strictly to this ancient Greek interpretation will never be possible, right? Now, what makes this fucking Jordan Peterson shithead so problematic is that if it's not his particular, this is what we refer to in rhetoric specifically as a managerial approach to knowledge, right? That is to say, we have established the knowledge and now it is our job to manage this knowledge and make sure that everyone who comes after us adheres to the same exact understanding of reality. And if they don't, then those people are fucking inferior and we should kill them. Well, that's like the, in the most dramatic sense, but it's not far from the truth, right? Now, in 2019, if you don't agree with what the fuck the established narrative is, they'll just tell you that you're incompetent, that you're inferior, that you're dumb, right? That you need to fucking step your game up, whatever the case might be. But again, that is all just some colonial fucking way of trying to maintain the status quo. And what the status quo here is, is nothing more than this model in academia that is predicated and built upon the privileging of Eurocentric narratives in academia which is just a fucking fancy way of saying, yo, there are people who did not emanate from Europe who have equally important things to contribute to the field of knowledge and thus the foundational approach to hood philosophy, okay? These first eight episodes have been my attempt to establish my own approach to philosophy, right? And although there has been intermittent you know, instances of actual direct philosophy split, uh, spliced in between the, all the rants that I've done before. The sole purpose of these introductory uh, foundational lecture, uh, podcast rather, was to try to instill upon you, the listener, the importance of under being open to the, the, the potentiality of different interpretations of reality, right? Um, and with that said, I guess returning back to this whole sad boy philosophy shit, the reason it, I call it a quote unquote sad boy philosophy shit is because, yo, real shit, prior to my quote-unquote indigenization, uh, I don't even want to say quote-unquote, indigenization is very, it's, a, it's complicated, it's a complicated and very problematic term in and of itself, but I'm not going to let, I think that's more of infighting than anything at this point, so I'll, I'll, I'll rock with indigenization, right, without the fucking square quotes. Um, but anyways, prior to this indigenization that I undertook me personally myself when I began to, you know, stop reading the ancient Greek tradition, the Western analytic tradition of philosophy and begin to open myself to other traditions of philosophy, specifically the Nahuatl from the Mexica descent of a philosophical tradition, I started to realize that my happiness began to increase ever so slightly. And as I delve deeper into this, I've come slowly but surely to the understanding that part of this process of me becoming more happy was in my connecting with a culturally relevant pedagogy, right? Now, this culturally relevant pedagogy, maybe you've heard it uh, before. If you fucking follow me on Instagram, like I've been asking you to do this whole damn time, right? Um, but the way that I've used it usually is in terms of saying like hip-hop shit is more important to us than shit from ancient Europe, right? Because hip-hop language and parlance and lingo in general is more relatable the stories and the situations, the authors of the text as hip-hop songs in general, right, are more relatable to students in the hood like myself than it is like some fucking bougie turd Shakespeare in ancient uh, 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 England talking all this nonsense about words I don't even understand and how they relate to the point he's trying to establish, right? But again, if the managerial approach is correct and the fault is on me because why? how, how dare I not speak Engli uh, ancient English, right, the actual English language, like, you know, old English, like, get the fuck out of here. It's not my fault Shakespeare's fucking writing in this needlessly complex way, right? And obviously, uh, this is coming from somebody who, is, I'm, this, is a, this is a weird flex, 
But if you haven't pieced it together, I'm not the fucking, I'm not the dumbest motherfucker walking this earth. I'm not the smartest by any stretch of the imagination, right? Not anywhere close, but I'm not fucking that dumb, right? And if I personally am having struggles with understanding something like fucking Shakespeare, for instance, in school, and if my, you know, at, at a young age, if my, if, if my entire world is structured in such a way where school is of the utmost importance, and I, in turn, am unable to excel in the way that possibly other students are able to excel or to a level that I am expected to be able to excel based on these arbitrary standards that have been placed upon us by, you know, these fucking bureaucrats. That's going to fuck with you, yo. That's going to fuck with your self-esteem. That's going to fuck with, you, with, with how you feel about yourself, right? And that, that we're needlessly doing that because you could teach the same exact shit through a text like J. Cole's that somebody can understand here in 2019 than you could with this fucking Shakespeare from, you know, 200, 300, however the fuck long ago, years ago, right? So, and going back to this whole starting to feel happier, I start to realize, yo, all this education that I, I, dude, I fucking, seriously, I tell my students all the time, I barely graduated high school, okay? I fucking am a native Spanish speaker. Spanish was my first language. And I almost failed Spanish class because the teacher in my Spanish class was a fucking asshole. What's up, Mr. Cedillo? I see you, right? Um, so yeah, I, I had this one person who potentially kept me away from a high school degree, a high school diploma, whatever the case might be. And if that's the case, I can only imagine where my life would have been right now. This is coming from someone who is not only at the current moment a college professor, but always also chasing a PhD, right? And if I barely graduated high school, not to be fair, I was also a shithead student. So fuck you, Isaac Settles, too, for being a little shithead student when you were younger, right? But the point is, if this education system is not benefiting us, then what the fuck is it doing for us? If it's not helping us, it's hurting us, essentially, right? And the way that it hurt me in one particular way was making me feel as though I was fucking dumb, for instance, even though I knew I wasn't because I couldn't understand the ancient English, the old English. I keep saying ancient. I don't know why the old English that Shakespeare was trying to talk about and I wasn't understanding the message that was trying to be delivered because I didn't fucking want to learn how to speak Spanish in this proper Castilian way that this fucking dickhead Spanish teacher was trying to teach me. A, because, well, that's not the Spanish that I speak and why is the Spanish that I speak any less important than the fucking Spanish in these textbooks? But more importantly, because Spanish is not even the fucking language of the Mexica people, bro. You should be teaching me Nahuatl. I want to learn how to speak Nahuatl. I hear these people on Instagram speaking their Nahuatl, and it's a fucking beautiful language, bro. And it's a language that is necessary to understand, to truly comp uh, comprehend the philosophy of our, uh, of our ancestors. And since I don't speak that, my understanding of this philosophy itself is relatively limited, which is a terrible shame. Terrible fucking shame, because this... This is where the real sad boy shit starts to come into play and where hood philosophy and the foundational text and all that kind of shit starts to really become important, right? The, 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 the sad boy shit comes into play when I started to realize, yo, this fucking Western tradition of ontology, ontology here is just a fancy, uh, ontology in general is just a fancy way of saying your understanding of reality, uh, just reality in general, right? So this Western ontology, right, is basically this idea that what you were taught shapes the way you see the world. Your epistemology, the, the knowledge the knowledge that you have, your knowledge foundation, right, shapes your ontology. Meaning, again, what you believe the world is, is going to shape and manipulate what the world you see is, right? Now, we're going to talk about this further detail later on. Uh, I was going to say this semester, but this is not my philosophy class. This is my podcast, right? Later on in these podcasts, when we start discussing the social construction of reality, 
But for now, the simple point that I'm trying to make to you is that if you've been brought up in such a way to believe that the world is only one way, namely the way that these fucking colonial Europeans have brainwashed us into believing us being the, you know, the children of indigenous peoples of Turtle Island, right? Then, and if moreover, if you don't know a world outside of that, you, you cannot even know the world outside of that because it's the only world you've been taught. So it's the only world that you know, right? Then you start to think that everything that you've been taught, there exists nothing outside of that. And if you're not finding happiness within this world that you've been educated within, you start to falsely believe that happiness can never be had. Because if fucking Jesus Christ isn't making you happy as he never made me happy, right? Then, and, and, and moreover, if Jesus Christ, for instance, is the one, quote unquote, the one true path to happiness, and if it's not making you happy, then I guess that means you're never going to be happy, bro. Like, what the fuck? Get out of here. That is such ridiculous nonsense, okay? So when you have the sad boy life coming through is when you realize you live the first fucking 24 years, 25 almost years of your life, just sad all the time, probably because of your biological choices, not, not your choices biologically yet. Uh, biological meaning uh, what, I, what I'm trying to mean here is uh, the genetics that I have, right? I'm trying to say that perhaps I was predisposed to have depression because of the genetics in my family, for instance, right? Um, but what I'm trying to get to also besides that is the, the biological choices that we make, for instance, like our sleep patterns, our eating habits, our drinking water habits, our exercise habits, or lack thereof with all of the aforementioned, right? Those undoubtedly influenced my life uh, previously to this too, right? But the most important thing that was really fucking with me and I started to realize after I became, uh, after I've undertaken this indigenization process is realizing just how insufficient this European ontology was for someone like myself. I do not see the world the way these people tried to brainwash me to believe that the world really was. And I, I never did. And that's part of the reason why I had such a fucking hard time in high school because the teacher would be trying to teach me some shit and I would call him out on it all the time. Like, yo, this doesn't fucking make sense, right? Uh, the, the fucking going through Sunday school. Yo, you're trying to tell me a 900-year-old man built an ark and put two of every animals in there? Like, this doesn't make sense, right? But again, since it was the only form of knowledge, the only epistemology that I was ever introduced to, I felt like the fault was with me. Again, this is this fucking managerial approach to knowledge, as I just fucking mentioned with this Jordan Peterson shithead, right? That is this, it, it is directly responsible for so much, not only unhappiness, but also so much conflict, so much needless conflict. Because again, according to these people, the truth, quote unquote truth, is either exactly what they say it is, or you're just a fucking idiot, right? And obviously, uh, I'm not a fucking idiot, moreover. Uh, this fucking this epistemology and this ontology that I had been brainwashed or tried to be I still brainwashed by it a little bit I'm trying to undo myself I ain't trying to put myself on no fucking pedestal right I ain't no fucking fake woke joke here trying to come and tell you that I'm at the end of my journey because fuck no dog my shit's just begun right but what I do know for an absolute fact is this colonial European epistemology and ontology it just it didn't vibe with me right so where the indigenization comes through and I start to realize I began to learn for instance the Nahuatl philosophy and I started to see all the ways in which my cultural ancestral knowledge really fucking spoke to me, man. Now, I'm about to go off on some really deep shit. Not too deep, right? Because I'm not going to get not not. It's going to be deep in the sense of what I'm about to say, but I'm not going to get too into detail with it is, is, is what I should clarify. Right. And the idea is simple, man. It may very well be that many of us just don't perceive reality the same way that we're expected to perceive reality. Right. It may very well be, especially this social construction of reality is correct, as we will discuss in future episodes, that if our language shapes our 
ontology, if our language shapes our understanding of reality, and if ideas are conveyed to us through our language, right, then the language that we use can alter at the most fundamental level our understanding and thus experience of reality, right? And if these ideas and if this language has been repressed from you in many instances, like in fucking Arizona, fuck all you motherfuckers in Arizona, all the bureaucrats, all the politicians that passed a law that illegalized Mexican-American studies, right? They know what the fuck they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. Because the second you introduce these Mexican-American studies into such a fucking diverse culture as you know what you would have along the lines of Mexico and Arizona, bro. It's just a, it's a slippery slope, right? It's the moment you, there's a great, you know, the great Cesar Chavez quote, and the quote simply said, you cannot unteach the man, you can't unteach the man who's been learned to read, essentially, right? Which is just a fancy way of saying, once you teach someone how to read, dog, you can't fucking unteach them how to read. And once you teach these little brown kids in the hood, like myself, their ancestral knowledge, you can't unteach us our ancestral knowledge, right? And that is not a fucking good thing because... Our ancestral knowledge, not only if this social construction of reality that I just dis- dis- briefly, briefly, briefly discussed here shortly uh, in terms of the words is correct, not only do we see the world different than these Euro- are the, the people who came here from Europe and colonized Turtle Island, but more importantly, it means that you fucking have kept us from a history that you know full well that if it comes to our attention, if it gets brought to our oculus, if you will, that you will no longer be able to control people like myself through the institutions that you've advanced through our through this colonial it's referred to as a settler colonial project as the United States of America, such as school systems, right? I took a trip recently. Well, I I didn't take the trip directly there, but on the way back we stopped in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and uh, we took a little trip down into the caves. Right, it's a beautiful allegory for the cave that we're going to be discussing here shortly. Well, not today, but in future episodes. Um, but on the way back, we exited through the gift shop. What's up? Right. And there was a book there that had a, a, a an indigenous person of Turtle Island. It was him dressed in his traditional, uh, outfit. I don't even know. I, I didn't even bother like picking it up because I was just so repulsed by the book, but it was a, a, an indigenous person of Turtle Island, right. Dressed in their, uh, traditional ancestral outfit in one, in one picture. And then right next to it, it had a picture of the same person who had been um, Americanized. And the book itself was basically saying, look at all the great things that we've done here in America, starting, and more importantly, all the great things that we've done here for the indigenous peoples of, of, of America, starting with introducing them to the, the real good life that can only be achieved by being an American or of, Euro, uh, uh, of European descent, for instance, right? Fuck out of here, bro. Again, this managerial approach to knowledge and the knowledge acquisition and the knowledge building process. That indigenous person, had he not been subjected to the genocide of the indigenous, uh, you know, not even the, the, the culture, the, not even the physical genocide, mind you, but the cultural genocide that was, uh, you know, that the indigenous peoples of Turtle Island undertook upon conquest from the European settlers, right? That person could have lived just an equally good, if not possibly even better life. I say possibly even because unfortunately, I don't know because there aren't many, or at least I don't have access outside from books to the epistemologies and thus the ontologies of the indigenous peoples of Turtle Island, right? I, like many of us here listening to this, especially in El Paso, but also many people from Chicano or also just other, you know, uh, span, quote unquote, I hate, fucking hate saying the word Spanish, right? But those these countries that have been colonized by Spain, right? 
but have lost all trace and all connection to their indigenous roots, their indigenous culture. We are what is referred to as detribalized, right? And in this detribalization, I have lost access to the ontologies and the epistemologies of my ancestors that were, were almost certainly, at least in my instance, fucking for sure, more relevant to my life than anything that I've ever undertaken throughout this whole colonial project educational learning system that I undertook through the K through 12 and also the all, all, all of my collegiate career, starting with my undergraduate and then definitely on into my master's degree, right? And that's fucking unfortunate, man, because again, there is so much shit that I went through in life as, and I'm sure like you, I'm not trying to make myself sound like I'm fucking special or anything, right? But there is so much shit that I went through in life that I am going through now at the same time with a complete different understanding of how to approach the problems that I'm facing. And I have been just fucking night and day different with my approach, right? Prior to this indigenization, for instance, that I undertook, my whole problem, if you will, with reality was this understanding that if, you know, God, Jesus, whatever, is the one true absolute, and I have not even a fucking modicum of belief, then that means I'm alone. And that means that everything that I'm currently experiencing is fucking meaningless and it has no purpose and it has no value. And that is fucking terrifying. That is sad. That is haunting, right? And most importantly, it's depressing because it makes you feel as though, well, what's the point of doing anything? As I discussed again in a previous solo cast before my you know, amazing guest Elvira came through, right? And the best answer that these fucking Jordan Peterson fuckheads have come up with is through this low-key conservatism and this low-key Christianity is basically telling us, well, Isaac and people like you, the reason you feel the way that you do is simply because you have not accepted Jesus into your heart. And all you got to do, you don't have to believe in God, says Jordan Peterson, but you just got to act as if though God exists. Man, fuck you, dog. Like, you can't force, you can't fake the funk, bro, okay? It's either there or it's not. And I'm not going to just fucking sit here and say two plus two equals five in order to fucking falsely, you know, uh, de deceive myself into believing that everything's going to be okay. I would much rather feel as though fucking nothing is going to be okay than fucking lie to myself and tell me that all I got to do is be a good Christian boy and I will ascend to heaven. Never mind all the preachers who are molesting the little boys. I will turn a blind eye to all of that because at the end of the day, God has a plan for everybody. Get the fuck out of here, man. Fuck off with all of that shit, right? As soon as I got introduced into this fucking Nahuatl philosophy, I started to realize, yo, suffering is a fucking beautiful thing, bro. In fact, suffering is part and parcel of the whole human experience. It's all part of the Teotel, right? There is no distinction between suffering and joy. It's the same fucking thing. And now, at, this is the point that the, uh, that the uh, Mexica had gotten to prior. At this, this philosophy, unfortunately, is incomplete because this is the, the farthest they had emerged, at least of recorded that what we have left over after the, after the genocide, right? But their philosophy essentially came to the point that said, yeah, you know what, dude? Life may very well be fucking meaningless. It's very fucking much certainly fleeting right? Tlactic Pak, baby. This is the dream world right here. You know what? And you have one of four ways to fucking respond to it. You can either be a fucking sad boy and lay around and do nothing about it, or you can be a fucking glutton and just try to get all the physical pleasure that you can out of it, or you can believe in fucking Teotel and this idea that, you know, it's basically like religion that we have here today, this idea that Teotel has a fucking plan for everything and everybody, or, and this is where it gets really fucking cool, for me at least, right? 
this mythical religious conception of reality, this mythical conception of epistemology that serves as the foundation for a mythical religious ontology that tells you, you know what, dog? You are a fucking soldier in this battlefield called life, to quote the red hot motherfucking chili peppers, right? And you were born to fucking, you have a purpose and you were born to fulfill that purpose. And every day you must fucking work to fulfill that purpose, irrespective of how you were personally feeling. You're tired, you're lonely, you're scared, you're happy, you're content, whatever. Man the fuck up, whoa man the fuck up. It's not gender exclusive, at least not for me anymore. For the Nawaz it would have been, but not for me, dog right fucking own your shit dog to be as gender exclusive to not be as gender exclusive as possible right own your fucking shit and fulfill the fucking purpose that you were put on this earth to do the suffering the joy it's all part and parcel of the process right and if you are as the nawaz were let's say your purpose was to provide the fifth son with the 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 dynamic force of blood through the heart, then you know what? Every fucking day that you wake up, your whole purpose should be devoted to fucking satisfying the fifth son with as much of this fucking dynamic fluid as it needs to continue into, uh, to continue into, uh, uh, you know, existing so that you as a people can continue to survive. Now, obviously this is a fucking this is problematic because you're going to want to say, well, does that mean that I can be like the Nawaz and go out there and just cut people's chests open? No, motherfucker, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, if we're being honest, we like to look, I say we, but these fucking colonial European fuckheads who are so insistent on maintaining this myth of European superiority, they, writ, they write texts about the Nawaz and try to chastise them for not only how quote-unquote barbaric they were for doing such things, but more importantly, how quote-unquote primitive they were because this is what they believed was reality, that they're going to war to provide the fifth son with blood so that it could maintain their freedom. Bitch, how the fuck is any of what I just said about the Nawaz any different from us right now currently in the Middle East fighting for fighting for freedom, right? There's no difference, bro, right? The Nawaz killed people, American soldiers in 2019 killing people, right? The Nawaz did it for the vital blood fluid. Who knows why the American soldiers are doing it? At the end of the day, though, they both believe one thing, and it was to maintain their fucking freedom, right? To ensure their continued survival. So how is it any more different and any more ancient and primitive and barbaric than what we're currently doing here in 2019? The perception, the words that we're being told, what the knowledge is that we're being taught, because again, what you were taught influences the way that you see and perceive the world, right? And if you personally don't fuck with the way that you're being told to perceive and see the world, and the best reason they have to give you as to why is because you are inferior or because you're dumb and you simply don't fucking understand it, obviously that's going to fuck with you, bro. Hence the return all the way back to the beginning of this podcast of the foundational purpose of hood philosophy, right? Bro, I'm not trying to reestablish the wheel. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's, it's all already there, right? All I'm trying to do is provide a different approach to these universal human ideas that are just a fundamental aspect of human existence, okay? That is not dependent on this one tradition, this specifically this European colonial tradition that I believe personally has done nothing more than just fucking divide people 
then it's the whole purpose of hierarchy. It's another reason why I fucking can't stand Jordan Peterson, right? It's all about hierarchies, bro. Yeah, cool story. Tell me about those black holes out there that have not swallowed up all the galaxies and all the suns because if your fucking theory and belief was correct, that's exactly what would have happened, sir, right? Uh, for those of you who have no idea, make it as a standalone episode so you don't have to go research Jordan Peterson if you choose not to. He has this idea that things are just inherently drawn to the most powerful objects and he cites this law, which I'm not going to fucking go out and try to dismiss. I completely, I forget the name of the law. This is a law of physics or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the basic idea, again, is that facets of existence, whether it's a star or whether it's a big city, just inherently draw more to it, right? So in, in, in the instance of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a big city, right? The idea is that there's a reason more people want to live in a big city and that the more people live in the big city, the more it draws more people because there's more opportunity created in a big city, right? So this is Jordan Peterson's sneak tip fucking way of trying to justify his colonial tendencies by saying, well, the reason the colonial narrative ran out, uh, uh, is currently running the world is because it's just better and it offers more to most people. And because of that, it's going to draw more people. Right. And those that are at the very bottom, instead of complaining about it, they should just accept the fact that they're going to that they're that they are inferior. Fuck out of here with that managerial shit. I'm telling you, bro. OK, because if that was true, there would only be one fucking major city in the world. If that was true, there would only be one fucking major star in the world. And every other fucking star, every other planet would have been drawn to that star. My fucking astrophysics is terrible. But the black hole example absolutely does relate right if there was only fucking one black hole the whole fucking that one black hole would have sucked everything up and there'd be nothing in existence outside of that black hole which is clearly not the case right and they're going to come back and say something along the lines of hierarchy well like well one black hole is more powerful than the other and they establish dominance maybe bitch maybe or maybe they just fucking coexist through an ecology right like we can all possibly do and the only way that we can get to that point there is if we deprogram ourselves, desocialize ourselves from this fucking epistemology that has forced us to see the world and through the lens of nothing more than competition, right? It's no competition, dog. It's a famine mentality. There's a vast ocean of resources out there that we can all fucking drink from if these greedy fucks with their colonial managerial approach to reality weren't so intent on maintaining it all for themselves, right? Now, of course, this is a lot, a lot more complicated because it's just simply casting over all facets of human nature, which as a philosopher, I have no intention in doing because not only because it's a logical fallacy, but more importantly, because it deprives me of the beauty of really, really getting into the nuance and depth of human, uh, of human psyche, which I intend to do again, moving forward after these foundational texts, after these foundational podcasts of this hood philosophy have been established, right? So I believe with that said, no, you know what? There's one last thing I did want to talk about. Uh, one of the introductory things that I've been discussing, well, that I did discuss in my previous, in, in all the, uh, in the previous, not previous, I'm sorry, introductory podcast was about my own ecology. It's a perfect segue, right? In terms of the philosophers that I believe were important, okay? And uh, specifically, there were a few up there that I want to give a quick shout out today to understand, again, that they serve as the utmost, they're probably the rocks of my philosophy, right? Of course, the first of which being the Nahuatl philosophy, not because it's the most important. Again, it's not a fucking hierarchy, bro. It's an ecology, right? So I'm not listing them in terms of importance. The first of which being the Nahuatl philosophy, right? The second of which, though, of course, being my grandfather. Yo, my grandfather and my grandmother now more... I, I realized my grandfather was the philosopher and my grandmother was a storyteller, both of which are equally fucking important in the knowledge acquisition and transmission process, Right? But my grandfather, for sure, was always dropping philosophical dimes on us when we were younger. 
And the simple idea here is that if this colonial managerial approach to philosophy is, is correct, then none of what my grandfather had to say is relevant or important, let alone legitimate, even if what he said was on par with the shit that these fucking Plato characters had to say, knowing full well that my grandfather never fucking read a Plato book in his life, not because he didn't want to, but because that was not a fucking privilege that was afforded to my grandfather because he was too busy working to fucking survive, right? And yet he was still able to come up with these ideas that these fucking, fuck Plato, for reals, fuck Plato, right? Get the only credit for it. Um, so the third one would be in the ecology would be this Nietzschean interpretation. And I'll end it with the Nietzschean interpretation because in regards to the Jordan Peterson thing and regards to everything that we've been discussing so far is most likely the most important one. Now I'm going to get even, man, fuck you, Jordan Peterson. I got some shit for you, dog, for real. Right. Um, but for now I'm going to keep it brief and say that one of the biggest things that he hates is this whole, uh, post-modernism. And it's funny because he, he, people misattribute Jordan Peterson as this Nietzschean character. And yet fucking Jordan Peterson is, either willfully ignorant or just unaware of the fact that Nietzsche is basically the fucking forefather of postmodernism, right? And the reason is because Nietzsche, obviously, through his quote, that there is no one single truth, there is only interpretations of the truth, right? That's exactly what postmodernism is trying to say, right? But where you get this Jordan Peterson character that comes along and say, well, what if everybody's correct and nobody's correct type deal? Like I'm obviously summarizing here, right? I'm reading through the lines, if you will. But that's not the fucking point that postmodernism is trying to make. It's not the point that Nietzsche was trying to make either, right? The point is not that there are infinitely many fucking truths out there and that because of that, there is no one absolute truth. That's not the point. The point is to step your fucking game up, dog, and realize that there are other people in this world who do not see reality as you do, who do not understand reality as you do, who do not, more importantly, agree with what it is that you believe reality is, and that just because they are this way does not mean that they are fucking inferior, that they are stupid, and that they should be fucking marginalized. It just means that you, as this person who in fucking is intent on maintaining this myth of European superiority through his managerial approach to fucking ontology but certainly philosophy are a fucking asshole that's all that means right all we're saying is a i my voice is just equally important as fucking plato aristotle socrates my grandfather's voice is as equally important as all those ancient greek philosophers right and b you need to learn from as many different possible fucking perspectives that exist out there in order to have a more nuanced and in-depth understanding of the one absolute truth, assuming, assuming that it even does exist in the first place, right? That's all we're saying, bro. So when it comes to this fucking whole foundational text of hood philosophy, we come back, we circle back all the way back to the very beginning of, the, uh, of this particular podcast when we start to realize that this is, A, definitely not what's being taught to us in school. We're being told, no. There's only one interpretation of reality, and if you don't if you don't adhere to it, and if you don't abide by it, then you're a fucking asshole, right? You're a loser. You're a piece of shit. You're inferior, etc. No, that is not true. That is fucking nonsense. Okay, and anyone who tells you otherwise is low key trying to fucking perpetuate this colonial managerial approach to reality. Because at the end of the day, they scared, homie. They scared, right? And what are they scared of? It's not about people of color taking over. Fuck no. Who cares about that shit? Like I said, identity politics, get out of here with that shit, right? What they're scared of is that we are alone in this universe. And we'll talk all about that more in future podcasts, right? God is dead, baby. That's what Nietzsche said, right? And then the religious people come back and said, Nietzsche is dead, said God. But those religious people, unfortunately, have 
no idea what my boy Nietzsche is saying when he says, God is dead, God remains dead, and we killed him, right? But thankfully, through his podcast, I'm going to hook y'all up to let you all know exactly what it is that he meant and why it is that these fuckheads are so afraid, right? But before we get there, I'll finish off with the last point, I guess the overall arching point of the, you know, the postmodern approach, I guess, if you will, to the knowledge building process. And that is simply to say, it's not about there being infinitely, yes, there is, you know what, it is about there being infinitely many truths out there, but it's about more than that. It's about you being able to learn as many of these different positions as possible, as opposed to being so dogmatic and stuck with only one, so that hopefully, hopefully you personally can gain a larger understanding of this fucking vast, massive mystery called life. Now, you can settle for just having one very limited understanding of reality, or you can fucking step your game up, dog, and get as many of these understandings of reality as possible and try to piece them together in such a way that can help you navigate this experience in a more functional manner, right? So with that said, I think this is about as good enough time as any to call, uh, put this bad boy to an end, um, as I said. I'm looking forward to doing many more of these to come. Hopefully, I'm, 10 days seems to be about, about the amount of time. So maybe in 10 days time, maybe less, depending on how, you know, personally everything's going on. But until then, I hope you all absolutely enjoyed this one. And if you didn't, fuck you. If, not because fuck you, how dare you not like my shit, but because come on, dog, there's nine of them already by this point. And if you're still listening all the way to this, to this point and you still don't like it, like what the fuck? What are you waiting for? Why don't you let me know, right? And maybe I'll, I'll take it into account, right? But um, if you did enjoy it, yo, I appreciate the love and I'll be seeing you again here shortly for my next grito. Until then, peace.